Hello and welcome to another episode of Interview with a Schizophrenic. I'm your host, Duncan Samra Singer, and today I have the great pleasure of having CJ with me. CJ is 24 and he's from the USA, United States of America. Uh, he has a schizoaffective diagnosis. He also suffers from ADHD as well. So welcome to the show, CJ. How are you doing today? Hi, Duncan. It's great to see you. Um, I am doing pretty well today. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing, I'm doing pretty well as well. It's quite... Um, I moved house recently. I moved to Scotland and it's... it's very, oh, wow. Yeah, it's very windy and... Uh, oh, boy. Um, but yeah, it's kind of it's kind of profitable. Yeah. But, um, okay, so let's start. So it's the same question. I, CJ, I mm. want you... To give, to give me and the listeners a background of your mental health journey. All um, right. So you can start whenever you want in, in terms of your of your history, and and give us a summary up to the present day. Um, okay. Okay. All right. So it's actually pretty hard to say specifically when everything started because I grew up in a very like paranoid and insular evangelical fundamentalist Christian community. Um, We were sort of taught that the world was going to end at any minute, that the Illuminati was like a real thing that was controlling the government, Um, all this crazy, like super paranoid stuff. Um, And I was a pretty anxious kid growing up in that environment. I would hear trucks passing by and sort of misperceive them as like trumpets that the angels were going to blow at the end of the world. And I would think the world was ending. Um, And I was kind of obsessed with dying too. I don't really want to say I was suicidal, but I definitely thought about dying all the time to sort of calm myself down. I was a really anxious kid. Um, The first symptoms I would say started probably when I was 12. Um, I was under a lot of stress at the time. I had gender dysphoria. Um, I basically thought I was um, going to have a masculine puberty. I wound up having a feminine one. I was was born a girl. So yeah, that was just really stressful. Um, But my school had chapel every week. Um, It was a very Christian school um, and I would smell this horrible, like rotting ozone stench um, in the chapel building every time we had it. And I'd run out of the building panicking. Um, just, I couldn't even breathe. It was so bad. Uh, no one else could smell it. So it's a hallucination. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so um, everyone looked at me like I was crazy when I tried to talk about it. Um, when the teachers found out, they told the school pastor, um, he said I was smelling sulfur and that it was a demonic attack, like from hell. Um, yeah, (laughs) the teacher sort of like prayed for my deliverance from the demons. Um, and that obviously didn't stop it. I just kind of learned to be quiet about it. Um, I eventually got this obsession that I was going to become a Satanist or become demon possessed. Um, I was taught that Satanists couldn't say Jesus's name. So I would say Jesus's name under my breath over and over and over again, just kind of like compulsively checking. 
that I hadn't become a Satanist yet. Um, I don't know if this was like some sort of OCD thing or what, but it, it just kind of spiraled. Um, in the next few years, that sort of faded away. In the next few years, we're kind of okay. Um, and we moved to a more wealthy area for high school. Uh, I went to a very Southern Baptist high school. Um, I discovered I was trans in my freshman year, and um, it, I just, it's kind of like I just found the words for what I was experiencing, and I knew I had to hide it just because of how conservative my parents were. Um, I was afraid of getting sent to conversion therapy if they found out. Um, had a lot of shame around it, didn't want to be trans. I also um, started deconstructing the belief system I grew up with. I had access to the internet at the time and started like trading my fundamentalist Christian worldview through a very progressive one. Um, and that was really hard for me. Just like, just like, um, questioning my very foundation of reality. Um, and there was just a lot of stuff going on at the time. Um, I started studying philosophy on the internet and started getting all these really weird ideas about reality. Um, I started getting into solipsism, which is basically the idea that the entire universe is a simulation and I was alone in it. It was just like a fantasy of my mind. Mm -hmm. Um, I started thinking that I wasn't alone in this fantasy and that there was this like eldritch god or force or something controlling my thoughts and actions. Started thinking that reality was this like really dark place that um it's like this really scary world that i couldn't see yet but i was going to see in any moment i was going to be trapped in this like hellish world forever mm. um i then i started thinking that if i told anyone about this um that some sort of horrible force would come and take me away and lock me up forever so i just kept it all a secret okay. um I would like go to school in a day and struggle through classes. I kind of amble through the halls, getting these brief periods of not being able to understand human speech. It would just all sound like an alien speech to me. Um, then I'd come home in the privacy of my own room and start having a breakdown and be like just quietly sobbing and trying to tear my skin open with my nails, trying to get hidden trackers out of my skin. Um, so in, in terms of your unusual beliefs, yeah, um, was this persistent during the day so yes it was yeah controlling it was. your thoughts all the time effectively yes pretty much i mean i had i had occasional like moments of lucidity um it's not like it was every day all day it's like i'd have a bad day and i have a good day and i have a bad day and i have a good day yeah because um you know what you grew up in in this fundamentalist community Mm-hmm. Um, I think that is a very powerful um, environment to be in. Yeah, powerful yeah. in terms that you know they're controlling what you're thinking. Yes, you know? yeah, and and it's you know the norm normal society doesn't control what you think, but mm-hmm. it gives you suggestions and ideas. Yeah, um, yeah. But in the fundamentalist community, they're controlling what you're thinking, you're seeing yes. and doing, and I think I think that must have been quite traumatic in a way. Yeah, yeah, um, it was. Because obviously you're, you've, you've been after something that's progressive. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is going against what is inside you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It was it was a total mindfuck, excuse my French, but yeah. CJ, what are your pronouns? Can I just... Oh, uh, he, him. Um, so then, you're, so you're at school, you're, you have this um, paranoid delusion that mm-hmm. 
that the world is a dark place, that there's entities which mm-hmm. are watching you if you if you um, become subversive. Um, can you carry on with um, with that with what happened after that? Yeah, sure. So um, I watched this one movie called The Animatrix. Um, it's sort of like an animated version of The Matrix, but there is this one scene where the kid starts experiencing a lot of the same stuff I was, and then he gently jumped out of a building and killed himself. Um, I could not get that scene out of my head. I would think about killing myself all the time. Um, my parents wound up actually taking me to a church counselor. Um, I was outwardly a very anxious kid who had a lot of panic attacks. They kind of wanted to get me help for that in the best way they knew how. Um, I was terrified of her. I didn't tell her anything that was going on because I knew that uh, from what friends had told me that if you told anything to to a therapist as a minor that they would tell your parents. So I think I actually at one point tried telling her about my paranoia and hallucinations, but um, she kind of brushed it off and just prayed with me um, and it didn't really come up afterwards. Um, She wasn't really prepared for that sort of thing, I guess. Um, Eventually those delusions kind of faded, but my academics just completely plummeted. I had gone from being at the top of my class every year to being at the lower like 30 or 40% of the class. I just couldn't focus in school. I couldn't. Yeah. will myself to do anything um i started experiencing this like telepathic communication with a god who told me that the universe had fated me to kill myself and i was it was an evil person who had to die um yeah, yeah my self-esteem was really low by that point so i believed him i had a plan to kill myself pretty much at any given moment but my um my parents didn't have real health insurance they just had this sort of like scammy Christian health scaring plan um, that didn't cover anything related to suicide attempts because suicide wasn't biblical. So I wanted to wait until I was an adult and had like the means to make sure I would kill myself to do it. Um, so this was quite a serious uh, planned out belief that you had. Yes. Yeah. I, I was genuinely convinced that like, I had some sort of horrible psychic power that would make all my friends' mental illnesses worse. Um, I I thought that I had to kill myself to save them, basically. Okay. Yeah. Um, by the time I got to college to study biology, um, I was pretty much convinced I was eviler than Hitler. I thought I was a danger to society, a burden to my family, and I had to be put down. Um, I couldn't focus in my classes. I was actually put on academic probation. That's basically... Um, means that your your grades are so bad that you're about to be kicked out of school um um and i would just sometimes sit outside of my classrooms during class time and not go in because i was afraid of infecting people with my poison um i thought i was too bad of a person to deserve to learn i didn't want to hurt anybody how old were you at this time uh 18. okay yeah um, I tried to kill myself a couple of times, but I, bur- I aborted the first attempt and kind of nursed myself back to health at the after the att- second attempt. I didn't get any help. Um, I literally went to the school counselor the day after that attempt and told them that sometimes I wanted to die, but I would never actually try to kill myself. So I was just straight up lying to everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I think, um, you know, talking about, um, you know, unusual beliefs is difficult enough, mm. but talking about suicide 
Yeah. I think it's very it's very personal, very deep inside. Yeah. Um so I think it is incredibly difficult to talk about. Yeah. Um that um yeah, I I I, I can understand that. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it's something it's something you're rejecting the whole world. Mm-hmm. Um so it's very difficult to trust someone to talk about it. Yeah, exactly. I was also very afraid of being hospitalized for it uh, because I didn't want to bankrupt my family due to, you know, them not having health insurance. Yeah. Yeah. But you didn't connect the dots that your thinking was altruistic, but you were thinking that you were evil. Yeah. I mean, I, I just thought it was, it was because I was a bad person. (laughs) (laughs) And my being a bad person would be stuff like I would, walk down the street and see a homeless person and I wouldn't have any money to give him. And then I would go back to my, my dorm room and try to look for money for him. And by the time I got back, he wouldn't, he was gone. And I would just go into my room and just have a breakdown about that. Okay. Yeah. It's just, you know, um, so, so, yeah, so carry on, carry on story. I can, I'll speak afterwards. Say that one more time. I just said, um, just continue um, uh, with the story and I know okay. I can speak afterwards. Sounds good. Um, so eventually I, my parents took me to a more real therapist who was like actually a psychologist. He was still very Christian, but um, he had a degree in the field and everything. Um, he helped me a lot with, with my obsessions and some of my self-esteem issues. I never really told him the full story just because of the fear and a lot of the delusions around like, I didn't want people to stop me from killing myself. So I just, I just didn't want to talk about it. Um, Mm -hmm. He recommended I go into it for an ADHD evaluation just because of my troubles with focusing and the brain prog and the executive functioning problems I was having. Um, I did wind up getting diagnosed with ADHD. Um, Also told I might have borderline features or have or be bipolar or something like that. Um, But they never gave me an official diagnosis for that. Um, I was put on Adderall, which actually, um, ironically brought my stress drug levels way down and brought my psychotic symptoms down a little bit too. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not usually what happens when someone with psychosis is put on Adderall, but thankfully for me, my thinking got a lot clearer after that. Um, but I wasn't able to stay on that medication due to shortages in my state. Um, I wound up moving out of my parents' house. Um, I worked a part-time job and took a couple of classes, but um, I got put on academic probation again because my GPA was so bad. I um, I was sleeping for 14 hours a day, and then I'd sit on the floor scrolling on my phone for the other 12 hours. I wouldn't even get up to eat. I was too afraid to leave the house to go to the grocery store sometimes. Um, I was too paranoid to go downstairs and see my roommates. I would, like, hoard food in my room and just eat, like, bread and crackers and bananas, and that's what I survived off of, basically. So can you, can you give us an idea of the state of your mind during this time? very foggy very afraid um just it was like trudging through a slog like a slog of mud or something did you have a delusion at this time that you were apart from i guess connected to the suicidal thoughts yes yeah that was that was still that was still with me i mean it wasn't as intense as it had been before but it would crop up a lot Um, I actually got diagnosed with a severe iron deficiency at this time, just because I had stopped eating so much. 
Um, and that had just made everything worse. Like I was really fatigued all the time. Um, yeah, I was still suicidal. I would like drive my car to the river and just sit in my car and think about drowning myself. Um, just stuff like that, little reckless things. I never tried to kill myself for sure again, but yeah. Okay. Um, then I wound up uh, meeting somebody online. That's my current partner today. Um, and we were long distance in a long distance relationship for a while. Um, I eventually came out to my parents because I wanted to be with him and it actually wound up going really well. Um, they, they're a huge part of my support system these days. Um, they did a total 180 with their beliefs and they're, they're really accepting of me these days. That's good. Um, so that was a huge relief. Um, I wound up moving in with my partner. I moved across the country and unlike anybody I'd known before, I actually really trusted him knowing about what I was going through. Um, he knew about the delusions and he knew about the other mental problems I had and he was totally fine with it. Um, we just kind of accepted each other, but, um, I was under a lot of stress at the time due to, um, being just temporarily unemployed and then losing my job. Um, and the God came back. I started seeing blood on my hands. I started getting visions of this prophecy where I killed a bunch of people in a car crash. Um, I thought I was going to be, um, tried for like manslaughter or murder and put into jail. Um, so the God told me I had to kill myself before this happened. So in um, terms of these visions, was yeah. this, is this like a mental imagery? It was a really intense mental imagery, like sort of like a PTSD flashback, I would, I would say, where you kind of, your eyes see the world around you, but your mind is somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so I started researching all these suicide methods, um, and I was going to drive into the woods and kill myself. Um, but I thankfully, by this time, I had health insurance from the job I had lost. Um, and my partner was really in tune to what I was going through. He knew something was up and demanded to know what was going on. Um, I, I told him a lot of what was going on. He said I should go to the hospital. He actually has mental health problems of his own, has been there to the hospital himself. So he knew this particular hospital wasn't a bad place. Um, so I went to the hospital for the very first time, um, first and only time to this day. Um, and even though I probably needed to be hospitalized many times before that, um, I was there for about a week. Um, I told the doctor a brief rundown of my history um, and was really bad about explaining it and afraid to tell him certain things. So he told me it was just anxiety I was experiencing. Um, I didn't look schizophrenic, so he didn't um, prescribe me anything for that. So you, um, you, at that time, you didn't have any psychosis meds? I didn't have anything. I had had no medication up until this point. Apart from the adiation. Yeah, it was a nightmare. Yeah. You, um, know, you, you know, I think, you know, I guess in your early 20s, like looking back at my yes. own self, it's quite difficult opening up about yeah. this sort of thing. It took, it took me a long time yeah. to open up, even to a doctor, mm-hmm. you know? Because you, I think, I think you, you think, oh, this is crazy, or I can't. Yeah, like, yeah. You don't believe in yourself in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know? it's it's difficult. It takes time. Yeah, um, it took a while for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but he put me on Adderall again and an antidepressant, and that helped a little bit. But 
by the time I got out of the hospital, um, the god was still there, um, pointing out basically everyone I was going to kill with my evil power power um, if I didn't kill myself first. Um, and so I eventually was just basically sick of this. I was like, I, I need to get real help for this. I need to talk to a psychiatrist. So I, um, when I was released to the hospital, I set up an appointment. Um, I told her everything, just, just everything, my whole history, um, all the things I was going through, the fact that I thought I still needed to kill myself. And she um, wound up putting me on Wilbutrin and Abilify um, and uh, Vyvanse and uh, took me off the other medications. Um, and this helped more than anything that had ever happened. Like, um, for the first time in my life, the visions were gone, the paranoia receded, the God disappeared from my life. Um, I was, I count myself so, so lucky that the first antipsychotic I tried actually worked and didn't have too much on the way of side effects. Like, um, it's like my brain slowly started to come online again. I actually was able to read books again and like, um, just, I count it to, because I was under a lot less stress, um, yeah, I think, I, think, I think folk don't understand that when you're in, when you're in deep psychosis, mm-hmm. reading is very difficult. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, like you can read a few lines, but any yeah. phrase, it's just, it's just impossible. Yeah, I would try to slog through books and I just couldn't get past like a chapter or even a page. Yeah. yeah. So you're on Wellbutrin and Abilify. Yes, that's what I'm on right now, yeah. And then a bunch of, like, vitamins and supplements. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, so after that, I I really have remained pretty stable to this day as long as I'm taking my medication. I still experience symptoms from time to time. Um, mm-hmm. I still get, like, the feeling of bugs crawling on me sometimes. Um and uh, sometimes I get like weird thoughts or magical thinking. Like the other day, I thought I was being watched like just a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. Just just little things like that that I can kind of brush off or reason with. Um, I also hear like internal voices occasionally, but they're, they're, I think they're more of like a dissociative like coping mechanism for me rather than a psychosis thing. Mm-hmm. I think they're just like a, like a coping mechanism for all the stress I've been in my life been through in my life and i'm working on that in therapy so it's getting better how do you feel talking about this history does it make you feel vulnerable or oh yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah i mean i've i've said it to my enough like professionals now that i can say it without fumbling too much but it is it is nerve-wracking yeah because i think um you know i'm i'm 48 years old and I don't think a lot of back to those days mm-hmm. when I was younger. Yeah. Because it's kind of painful. Yeah, you know? yeah, absolutely. So I can understand that. And, and I think it's very brave that that you're talking about this, you know, and I, and, and I think it is really helpful for, for other folk to relate. Um, yeah. Because one of the worst things with these conditions is that you think that you're all alone. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And 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 it's so important to realize that you're not alone, and and that you know that there's other folk who've gone through or are going through the same thing. Yeah. Um, I think I think that 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 makes such a big difference. 
Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah because I, I just think, yeah, um, you have gone through a lot. And, and I think the your background, obviously, that is that would have been a, a, a huge trigger for yeah. you to, in terms of the fundamentalism. Yeah. Um, but, you know, folk go through that childhood and they come out I don't know I, I don't know too much about it but not everybody becomes psychotic you know yeah it, I think I think it must have triggered you in some way and yeah I've, I've, I've talked about this in the past that I think some folk just have that that um predisposition yeah I agree you know I think I think there's a lot of mental illness in my family and I think that just triggered something within me just genetically or otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. So how is your worldview? Is it stable now? Definitely a lot more stable. I, um, again, like sometimes if I miss too many doses of my meds or if I try to go down the dose at all, um, I'll, I'll get sort of a resurgence in symptoms, but these days I'm, I'm generally doing a lot better. What is, um, um, you know, you've had a lot of unusual experiences. Yes. <laughs> um, and and you, you talked about um, God's talking to you and mm-hmm. telepathy and, you know, almost special powers and all this sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. There is a discussion about the paranormal with psychosis. Yeah. Do you, what is your take on that? Oh, man. So I sort of go back and forth on that. If I let myself go too much into the idea that it's real, uh, I sort of get into a dark place. So Mm -hmm. I actually try to keep myself pretty grounded in like science and um, that sort of thing when it comes to more spiritual side of things. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I have a craving for spirituality in my life. And I think now that I'm more stable that I can um, sort of delve into it more than I used to, which was not at all. Um, I'm sort of into like, um, like a skeptical type of witchcraft where I just do rituals for, um, just for just the sense of doing rituals. And um, like, I keep little superstitious things around me and stuff like that, but I can't really let it go beyond that when it comes to psychosis. I think it's more of a psychological thing for me. I mean, yeah, yeah I, in, in terms of spirituality, that is something that I went through. Yeah. That's, that's very important in my life. You know, I yeah. believe in a in a loving, good God. Um, yeah. And, and I believe that in many ways, we're quite, as a species on Earth, we're quite spiritually unambitious. And, mm, yeah. and we're quite pessimistic about it. Um, yeah, yeah, I would agree, especially in these days right now. Yeah. So, um, you know, in those terms, I would never consider um, an evil side to it. Mm-hmm. Um, at, at best, it's mischievous. Yeah. And, and, I mean, at worst, it's mischievous. I like that. You know, um, because I do believe that they have free will. Spirits have free will, so mm-hmm. they want to have fun as well. Yeah. But, uh, you know, in terms of evil, I don't think it's powerful enough for that. Yeah, um, and in a way, what I think is that because when I was younger, it was inexplicable what the um what I was going through. But as you get older, I think you get a better handle on the spiritual side of it. Um, and I and I think this illness 
has a spiritual side to it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I can see that. But it but it's kind of it's peaceful, it's calm and it's and it's good. Yeah. Um, I in my experience it was much more of a spiritual crisis that I went through, I think, yeah. that triggered it all for me. Just losing the faith I had grown up with and replacing it with something else. Yeah, because faith is is so deep inside us. Oh yeah. You oh, know, yeah. we kind of have to break ourselves down to escape mm-hmm. from it. Yeah. You know? Um so I can understand that. Absolutely. So how, how are you feeling now? Are you um are you sleeping well, are you eating well, that sort of thing? I'm so I could eat better. I'm vegetarian, so I do eat a pretty like plant based diet, but I do eat a lot of junk food too, like ice cream and stuff. But I'm trying to get better about that. Um I I sleep okay. Um I used to sleep like a rock. Lately it's been more hard to stay asleep, but I'm I'm doing okay on it. Yeah. Um yeah, but generally, as a whole, my mental health is leagues better than it used to be. And I thank that a lot to therapy, medication, lifestyle stuff, and also just having, like, supportive people around me, my parents, yeah. my partner. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of different pillars to it, I would say. Yeah. It's a difficult journey. Yeah. But, you know, I'm glad that 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 tough, traumatic period is in the past now. Yeah, me too. I'm I'm excited to see what the life what life has for me in store for me. Yeah. Okay, CJ, I think we can we can close it here. What okay, I want to ask okay. you, um, I'm gonna add some music on this episode. So give me an idea of what sort of music you like and oh, try and boy. find too. Yeah. Oh man. Um that's a difficult one. I'm gonna try and think um I've been listening to Aviators a lot lately, so maybe a song by them. Um, what kind of genre is that? It's sort of like a electronic genre. Um, yeah. Let me try and... I like. Uh, I think it's called Traveler's Song. Okay, I'll look it up. Yeah. Okay, it was a pleasure speaking to you, CJ. You too, um, you too. You know... Um, I think I think it, these are, you know, really... Your story is really important for for folk who, because, you know, what we go through in this illness, it's really deep and dark. Yeah. Um, and, 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 you know, I think we're all in this together and we share our stories. Um, and I think it's, it's, you know, it helps us. I agree. Yeah. I've really loved listening to some of your episodes. They've, they've brought me a lot of like just comfort and solace. They, yeah. I just remember even being inpatient. Um, all they talked about was depression and anxiety. They never talked about psychosis, and I felt so alone. Um, yeah. So it's really nice to connect with people who we're kind of we're kind of like that poor cousin who's locked up in the attic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, absolutely. They don't, they don't like to deal with us. Yeah, they um, don't. It's sad. Yeah. Okay, that's great. Um, I know. Right. I think we can leave it here. You know, like it's a great pleasure talking to you. Um, you know, and uh, I think I think I think you're brave, and I think you know, like all my guests, it's very brave to talk about this. Thank you so, so much. Yeah, okay, thank you, CJ. Thank you. Have a lovely day.
Don't make me do it. 